Welcome to Off the Cuff, Evacor's podcast. I'm Julius Torelli, Chief of Cardiovascular Services at Evacor. And joining me today is my co-host. Liz Avila, Vice President of Client Experience with Evacor. Now you say off the cuff three times. Off the cuff, off the cuff, (laughs) off the cuff. Very good. Had to concentrate. (laughs) So today we're talking about the eight most common inappropriately ordered tests. Should we start off with echocardiograms? I think that'd be a great one to start off with. So an echocardiogram is a fancy term for ultrasound of the heart. It's the one of the coolest tests ever. Um, it's probably one of the things that, that uh, made me go into cardiology because mm-hmm. it really shows you the heart, the size of the heart, the structure of the heart, how thick it is, how it's working, how, you know, is it pumping right, it, all, all the valves, are they leaking, are they closed off? It's an unbelievable test. And there's no radiation exposure. Uh, it's done by ultrasound, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes diagnosing certain things so much easier than what we had, let's say, 40 years ago. So ultrasound's been around probably at least echoes 30-plus years, uh, maybe 40. Um, and it's really simplified things. However, uh, as, as with everything, um, it's easy to do. Uh, most cardiologists have the machine in their office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of replaced the stethoscope in many ways. So they rely on the echo uh, a mm-hmm. lot more. So we see inappropriate requests in a lot of different ways. Uh, the most common inappropriate requests, and this is true in medicine in general, is the routine request, right? The, the annual, mm-hmm. you know, you come back, you had bypass surgery, you're feeling fine, your bypass was five years ago, uh, you're working, you're not having any symptoms, and you come back to see your cardiologist, and you're going to get a nuclear stress test, an echocardiogram, maybe a carotid ultrasound, maybe an ultrasound of your abdominal aorta, and your lower extremities, all whether you need it or not. Yeah. Right? And that's just, you know, routinely done. And a lot of patients think that's good care. Right. My doctor, oh, he's so thorough. He really cares about me, you know, because he does a nuclear car- mm-hmm. stress test and an echo and carotid, you know, whatever every year just to make sure that everything's okay. And it turns out that that uh, there's no value to any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pretty much understand that. The societies understand it, the guidelines. There's no appropriate use criteria that really, you know, fosters the routine use of kind of any testing. I mean, there are, there are some yeah. times when, when it is appropriate if you've got a closed off valve that's severely closed off and you're following it, decide when to do surgery. Um, mm-hmm. That's one indication, but you know, but, but not for everyone which it tends to be done. So, so the, if, we got, if we did nothing else in cardiology but got rid of all the routine, unnecessary testing, we would save, across the country, we would save billions of dollars. I mean, it's that much. Cardiology is obviously coronary disease is common. Right. Bypass surgeries and stents and things like that are common. So I think patients have to understand, and physicians as well, that just because you're not getting a test does not mean that you're not getting good, good care. care. Right. Right. Come back, get yeah. seen. You know, making make sure what's going on in your life. Uh, what you know, how's your cholesterol? How's your blood pressure? Yeah. How's your sugar doing? Are you smoking or not? You know, are you how active are you and things like that. Um, you know, that's that's the importance. Of, are you having symptoms? Right. That changes everything, right? If you're not having symptoms, you're doing well. The tests are important. But if something's changed, if all of a sudden you're like, you know, since last year, kind of those symptoms I had before my surgery, you know, seemed like I'm getting a little not as bad. Mm-hmm. That's that that may be a, a sign that you do need to do the test. Um, and so we really work hard 
And then again, it causes some inefficiencies because because a lot of physicians want to do all these tests before they see the patient back. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, you know, I'll see Mr. Smith back in a year with his nuclear stress test and echo and carotid all done. All done. And uh, after, you know, after those are done, I'll see him back and tell him everything's okay uh, or not. And so we kind of want them to be seen first, see if they need the test or not. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're doing well, they don't need it. But... um, but that adds to the inefficiencies in the office. So that's a, that is a challenge. Sure. And do we find if they get all of those tests that sometimes they find something maybe that's there that they have to investigate further that creates more testing? That's the pro- that's a it's a great point and and that's the problem is yeah. every once in a very great while absolutely you will find something and you always hear about that, you know, you're doing the peer to peer, you denied mm-hmm. this routine test and you, I had a guy once who he had to go to bypass again or something like that. Um, so that's uh, that's unlikely, and and mm-hmm. usually if you do find something, it's something small that would generally require medical treatment anyway. Mm-hmm. So the answer is yes, but but you, again, what we're talking about sort of is more population health management, right? Yeah. It's it's challenging because when you look at studies that are done, they're all population based. When you you know talk about what we're talking about is population based, the truth of the matter is when we see a patient. It's not a population. Right. <laughs> it's a patient, a guy, an individual yeah. that's sitting there in front of you. And so so you always wonder about, you know, that what one guy that you did you know, or would have missed or something like that. So that does make it a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Have I told you that Nicolas has had three or four fetal echoes? No. Have I told you this? No. So I'm a classic case of overutilization. <laughs> yeah. So when I was pregnant, I had like six or seven ultrasounds. Um, and at the last one, they found a shadow on the heart, yeah. right? And mm. so they're like, so and he needs to have a fetal echo when he's born to check that out, which I was like, it's nothing. It's, a, it's an ultrasound in utero, right? So they did it. And then um, the heart was in transition, right? He was not even two days old. So like, we have to do it again. So they did it again. That issue cleared up. There was no shadow on the heart, but then there was a vein that should have closed, mm-hmm. and the vein hadn't closed. Yeah, P- so then we had to have, PDA, yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we had to have another one at like six months old. Mm-hmm. Well, the vein is kind of sort of still there. Mm-hmm. So now he has to have another one at eighteen months old. And if the vein doesn't close, then they may have to do like a routine thing to go in there and it close it, right? Yeah. But it's just interesting because it was like what they were originally monitoring for. They found something different, totally different part of the body and now we're monitoring that for the next two years to what end I guess so that is a pretty classic example of of some of the issues that we get into with overutilization yeah. so it's not just a cost thing it's also a finding of things that turn out to be not important yeah uh, so a PDA is generally picked up on exam and mm-hmm. there's a murmur there. And there's no murmur. He has no murmur. So it's probably yeah. really small. That's the other problem yeah. is is when you look at the studies, all of our studies are like when you find these things in physical exams, right? And when you get to the, a test that is, you know, like echoes in six-month-old kids, mm-hmm. the the technology, the, the images have gotten so much better than they mm-hmm. used to be 10 or 20 years ago. So... It's almost too good. Like we can see really, really yeah. small, really, yeah. really insignificant stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and but the and so now there's a PDA. But maybe that type of PDA was seen in people, you know, 
forever and that we never did anything about it because right. we didn't know they were there and it doesn't cause any issue you know mm -hmm. so now you're, what you're gonna end up dealing with is a thing in six months or 18 months that's gonna still be yeah. there and now it's gonna they're gonna say you know we want to do something but there's no murmur and the question and it's and he's doing fine and so you're sort of scratching yeah. your head going what what do we really need to do it happened when when C, when MRI first came out and CT scanning uh, especially of the of the abdomen so the CT scan is a great test uh, so normally when you take an x-ray uh, of, of whatever, it's a two-dimensional picture, right? Mm -hmm. And so you, you don't know, like if there's a, a spot that looks like it's on the heart, you don't know it could be on, in the heart, could be in front of the heart, could mm -hmm. be behind the heart, right? You don't really see it. Now you can turn the patient, you can do you know, a, a view from the, an AP view and then a lateral view, and you can get an idea, but even then it's, it's challenging to do. So CT scan comes out in the, I don't know, date myself, I guess probably in the seven, late 70s, I'm guessing, or maybe mid-70s. Mid uh, and and it gives you a cross-sectional view of the body, like you mm -hmm. cut the body in half, basically, mm -hmm. and you're looking at it. And so you can see where it is, and you get a lot more detailed information. It's a, it's a higher resolution picture, mm -hmm. you know, basically. Well, that's, again, for diagnose, diagnostic purposes, that's wonderful, right? You would say, what, what's wrong with that? Well, all of a sudden, you know, someone's got abdominal pain and you do a CT scan and everything looks fine nothing to cause the abdominal pain however there's this mass in the uh, adrenal gland mm -hmm. and you're like oh geez there's a mass that's bad that's you know probably has nothing to do with the pain but you know a mass could be a tumor yeah right so that probably needs to come out and so there was a lot of surgeries done and then they, they look at the mass under the microscope and then you find that um, it's just regular hypertrophied adrenal tissue, mm -hmm. no tumor, nothing that needed to come out. Yeah. So we ended up actually calling those incidentalomas. Uh, yeah. They were incidental findings uh, that looked like masses that didn't need anything, but a lot of surgeries were done. So again, mm -hmm. extra testing isn't necessarily a benign thing. Mm -hmm. uh, more information is not necessarily always better.